0: Hi, I'm Jennifer, and I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life-changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to The Prosperity Project. Welcome to episode 49 of The Prosperity Project. Today, we're calling this What to do when your mind breaks so this I think is going to be quite a personal episode obviously but I was asked to give a talk recently on my kind of experience of my mental breakdown and in some way share a bit of a comeback story so that hand of hope maybe if someone's struggling and what people should do to look after their mind particularly right now and the group of people I was asked to give a talk to was actually the hospitality industry in the UK and right now obviously they've been in particularly through a a difficult past year so up here in Scotland just like the rest of the UK the hospitality industry is pretty much seized completely like you can't go to a hotel you can't go anywhere there's no self-catering cottages or or anything really you can do everything has been stopped so in particular this industry has suffered from people's living being taken away from them you can't be your normal job you can't run your business in a normal way and they asked if I would come and speak as part of a series of workshops and it got me thinking I wanted to share a message that was important to me to obviously use a platform I've been given but also give the best advice I could to anyone who is potentially quite a low moment of their life they've maybe lost their income not knowing if they can open up their restaurant their business whatever how they're going to be able to function in some way maybe for the next year ahead and so I wanted to do a podcast episode to share what I would hope if you're struggling listening to this what to do when your mind feels like it's about to break.
1: So for everybody, I think we all have low moments in life. Some of these low moments can be triggered by outside influences, the health and well-being of the people around us, the employment situation, lots of different things. And sometimes those issues can come from within. Mm. And also we have a mixture of things which are longer lasting and some things which are quite short term. And I think the challenge for all of us is how do we move on Mm. from these things that maybe get us down because nobody wants to or nobody should want to live in a state where they have the stress potential depression and just feeling down and and like the world is an uphill battle the entire Mm. way you shouldn't live your life like that Mm. you should look always to try to change that narrative Mm -hmm. and even if circumstances don't change sometimes your approach and your mindset Can make a huge difference to how you feel about it mm. and off the back of that then the actions that you then decide to take mm. and the choices that you make from that point mm can often then lead to actual differences in the real world rather mm. than just mentally.
0: Absolutely. So the whole point, I want to share my top tips and strategies. It's been two years now. I feel like I am normal, but actually maybe even more life experience now to relate to other people quite uniquely. So to set the scene, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs, but obviously what happened with me was I, I didn't have depression Um, what it was was even more the opposite of not wanting to do stuff I wanted to do too much and I think for me they called it acute stress I think it was basically a combination of feeling like I had to do so so much to shift the world and I think it was a combination of probably not getting enough decent sleep I was getting up early in the morning believing that if I didn't fit in working time before the rest of the day there was just a big cycle of just kind of maybe overactive habits that were starting to develop and I think lack of quality sleep then unfortunately your brain although it might think one way when you've had lots of sleep and lots of rest and nutrition looking after yourself when you take away some of those basic needs of the body and mind like good quality sleep like rest I think I in, ended up kind of accentuating a bit of delusional tendencies. And uh, anyway, we can go into the kind of by I'm sure, another day. But what I do know is the two years ago when it happened, that maybe the week before maybe a couple of weeks before I just felt a bit more frantic and a bit more desperate and I felt really anxious that bad things were going to happen to me um, and you know or bad things were going to happen to the people that I loved and that's your typical kind of anxiety and I do think it was a combination of not getting quality rest and sleep that kind of just hyperballed it for me.
1: So I think you were in a high stress situation it was <laughs> due to Um, in some ways, a feeling of helplessness. So Mm. there were a few things that we wanted to adjust in our lives and we couldn't really see a vehicle or a method or direction of making that happen. Mm -hmm. And therefore, um, your focus was ultimately trying to find solutions and solutions which weren't really... Possible in mm. in the way that you were trying to seek them. Mm. Um, your your thought process was: if I work harder, if I work more, if I focus enough, yes, exactly. If I put my energies in the right places in different ways, then mm. I can create solutions. And ultimately, that meant, as you mentioned, waking up earlier. Mm. And the problem is, I think if you're not in the best place in your mind mm. when you're maybe feeling a little bit frantic and and trying to solve problems actually having less sleep is just going to compound you. it. So, yeah, I think it's, it's not like you were stressed from outside influences so much as an internal drive to resolve a few things. And the vehicle for that um, was ultimately creating the almost instant overnight success mm. to a particular level. And most people, you can't go from wherever you might be that um, maybe is just starting off on a journey Mm -hmm. to suddenly the equivalent of five years down the line you can't do that in a week or two weeks no matter how hard you work no matter how much you wish for it to happen Mm. it's not going to happen and the problem is if you feel that that's the only way out Mm. it's kind of like i think if you've got yourself in financial difficulties and you're focusing on that you really have to win the lottery so you do the lottery, you put your money into lottery, lottery, maybe put more money than you can afford into the lottery because you need that to come up. Yep. The challenge you have is that if it doesn't, that's going to compound your stresses and your concerns. Mm-hmm. You're probably um, spending a bit more money than you should, which makes your financial situation worse. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely get to a point of desperation. And I think that's probably quite similar to what you were feeling beforehand. Mm. And yeah, built up over a week maybe two mm. of it just feeling like it was um, building a little bit mm-hmm. so and and ultimately at some point most of us when we get enough stresses will crack in some way
0: absolutely the thing though that I know that I had dealt with trauma a couple of months before and I think that's what though then is maybe like one of the events that kind of shakes you and so then it either you know I'm very much that I believe that you're able to just take action and, you know, rebuild and, and kind of, you'll figure it out like nothing, yep. you know, you'll, you'll get. And I think it was just a combination. I think, yes, there was a lot of pressure on myself and also trying to work through some highly emotional situations as well, get my new mm-hmm. center. So I don't think it was purely self induced. I think it was a combination of just a couple of external and internal pressures mm-hmm. that just became yep. that kind of volcano. No within me. So let's not focus on necessarily what happened with me because I think with everyone, you'll know it can be the smallest, they say, like the straw that broke the camel's back. It can just be a combination of just too many things and you feel like your mind's about to break and you don't know what to do. So the one thing that I can say at this and I want to share before we get into a very practical element of the podcast is one of the, the best experiences out of probably the, the worst experience I've had in my adult life is actually where I ended up as a result. So when I had my breakdown, I ended up being sectioned for three weeks, three weeks in total, I believe. Um, and section means obviously that you're in a hospital ward. And my, my one was actually with other people as well. So a psychiatric ward, as you can imagine, it's kind of like when you go and you've broken your arm, you'll be in a fracture clinic. So somebody might have broken their wrist, somebody's broken their neck, somebody's broken a toe. Everyone's got something different and unique, but you're all kind of lumbered together. The thing about a psychiatric ward is... That I was pretty much with lots of different variety of people. We're talking people who've maybe struggled with drug abuse, and we're trying—you know, maybe had tried to overdose, and we're trying to struggle getting back out of that in that ward. You know, people who were addicted to alcohol, actually wanting to withdraw in an environment that would keep them safe or manage it. You then had people just who unfortunately were maybe waiting to go into nursing homes because their their mind wasn't capable of knowing what was around them in various forms Mm -hmm. so you've got a whole eclectic mix of people but this is me being me i love a chat as we know and i couldn't help but get to know people so there was usually like a constant flow maybe a couple of people coming in and out but generally people in this ward had been there some time one girl had been there a year voluntary right she'd chosen to be there a year to get medication and to get well when i was in the ward itself it's not the way you would imagine that kind of help, or certainly in my hospital. It was pretty much they administer drugs, they check on you, and you're left to your own devices to figure it out. So a lot of people think when you go here, you get like group meetings and you get accounts there's none of that you see a psychiatrist once a week and in my case it was random people it felt like every every week and they just say right you're taking this medication i am so there was there was none of the repairing going on that you might have thought i think
1: the only thing that does happen is when you're getting closer to being discharged <laughs> yes. they check that you're able to um
0: perform basic tasks, basic so tasks like cook, that, cook yeah. an
1: egg I or know. maybe put a washing machine on or something i like. made
0: a bacon sandwich that was the, one of my tests so,
1: so so that's it but um a lot of people in the ultimately are there due to long-standing and long-term trauma yes Um, so they might and some people might be in um, for a very short period of time Mm. with that trauma so they're having another lapse in maybe their ability to To um, think things through or to cope or they're in a situation where they finally reached a complete breaking point and Mm. need more long-term help but as you said the help you get it's Unfortunately, it is very much like a fracture clinic. Mm. The whole point is how can we scrape you off the floor and pick you up and make you well enough mm. to then kick you back out the door? Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that's a problem with the the choice of care that the psychiatric wards have in different hospitals right, right. or whether it's, I don't know, whether that needs to change or mm. maybe it's the follow-on care that's just particularly poor. Mm-hmm. But I can understand how their job is, is pretty much patch you up so you're yeah. good enough to then send on to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so absolutely, their focus is on give you medication to help you to um, generally calm down and mm-hmm. kind of just subdue you. Yes. Get you to a point when you're not a danger to yourself or other people mm-hmm. and then send you on your way um i did normally with a referral to follow on help yep but obviously the challenge with that is that not everyone is in a position where they want additional help mm-hmm. or whether they can see what's good like if you've got long-term trauma or you're not quite right when you leave mm. potentially your ability to make judgments or even recognize that their appointments yeah. is quite slim and that's that's quite a challenge absolutely
0: Uh, and you you just described the key denominator so my kind of whole point there was i would just naturally talk to people i wasn't really aware of what problems i didn't come with any baggage that maybe a nurse would come with so i just love to chat and i'd love to find out people and you build you know friendships and all that a whole host of different people right from like maybe 20 year olds all the way up to 60 70 year olds were in there what i saw though was this common denominator of trauma that su- everyone seemed to have a story about something that they could vividly remember that was kind of like a catalyst or something that happened that then meant they turned to the hard drugs that then meant that they went to alcohol that then you- and what i found was it was almost like people knew that they wanted to rebuild but their brain just couldn't rebuild and refunction properly after that trauma it literally had like severed a point in their life and they were stumbling around trying to find something to numb the pain get rid of it rather than actually kind of get through it and obviously in those wards their solution is the band-aid is, it's medication. So I will help you get rid of it. But what actually happened was that band-aid, the moment you take the medication off, it's still there. You've still got that underlying trauma that you've never dealt with. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's come back stronger. And I think this is what I really sense that actually, if people were able to get the help before they maybe get to that stage of actually, how can I deal with life? How can I deal with... Opportunities that didn't work out how I thought they were going to work out. But actually, I'm going to take the beauty from these ashes. Like, I can look at it now and go, my goodness, like, hospital was, I call it the worst buttlands ever, right? It was really a horrible experience. I really, at one point, thought that was my time up. Like, I was in AE because of the medication. I thought mine, mm-hmm. I kept saying that I didn't feel well and people didn't believe me. But that's another story for another podcast. And I and I think what got me through it was, okay, I am going to be able to rebuild. I there's there's something here. Like if they always say, "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." There's something with that time that I'm meant to do, and that's why I suppose, like, I, I want to kind of share on like how you rebuild from that if you think that you're at those low points and I think I've I've kind of experienced one element of it this is what I can say as somebody who's come out of it I'm medication free I was not on medication ever since you know being in hospital because that was just not what i felt was right and my real hope is that whatever you're going through listening to this podcast if you feel like you've got you're just on that edge or you know something that you're trying to get over in your life and you're stuck there my hope is that these strategies and these tips for me two years down the line will really help you
1: so i think one of the key things to take into consideration before we go into these um, tips and things. That might help someone in a similar situation. Is there is absolutely a difference between long term trauma, mm. maybe caused by um, childhood issues or, or various things that really have broken you, mm. and the compound interest of time and stresses and everything else, mm. you've not been able to pick yourself back up versus the kind of short-term thing Mm -hmm. which is what you had where it's acute stress so an acute stress can be caused for example by a loved one dying so that is one of the kind of key causes to have an acute stress situation like you had and end up potentially with a breakdown where your brain basically just resets itself and during that reboot period of time it's not thinking clearly and it's not as capable as it could be. So I think if you've got an acute stress situation, then the journey to picking yourself back up can be um, more focused and slightly different to the Mm. long term because ultimately with the acute stress, although there needs to be some attention on the cause, in all likelihood, the cause was a one-off circumstance. The build-up and the journey to that cause also won't reoccur and most people um it, it seems to be that the stats are that if you have an acute stress breakdown that the chance of you having another one aren't very high whereas i think if you have trauma that you've not quite dealt with over the course of your life and that's there as a buildup, then you're i think you need to absolutely look at treatment of some sort um, I'm not suggesting medication is the right answer but I think that some kind of therapy coping mechanisms and and various bits and pieces so medical and professional assistance I think needs to probably be part of your journey along with so many other bits and pieces that you'll be talking about as far as um, I guess moving yourself forward and taking mm. your own accountability. I
0: think what we want to stress here is I can only give my experience, right? So mine was very, very acute, very short-term, and equally my getting out of it and rebuilding has made sense for me and my experience. As you said, mm-hmm. like, if you've had different versions of something that is is causing you trauma, whether that be it, it was three weeks of your life, it was 14 years, I think my hope is listening to this you'll know what feels right you will know actually I need to go and speak to someone or no actually I'm going to look and focus on my self-care just a bit harder right now I know Mm -hmm. think I'm going to make it entirely personal I'm not going to say that these strategies are the only way out I'm just going to share my message and say this is what worked for me as Jennifer Kempson age you know whatever and please take it Disagree with some points but equally you'll know what's right for you, what's that missing link that could help you. So the first thing I want to say that was really key for me in the past two years was learning that really emotions are part of life. So good and bad emotions are are okay to feel I think we can get sucked into this thing that you've got to be happy all the time whereas actually life is meant to be that rainbow of experiences you don't want to dwell in the negative all the time but it's okay to feel negative emotions it's okay to feel sad to feel disappointed to feel miserable what is what you do and how long you stay there that matters equally you do want to experience the great joy and happiness and you do want most of your time in there because that's the default setting for yourself you're meant to enjoy your life you're meant to feel joyous we've all got very unique paths but I really do think these paths that we have we have an opportunity to look for that diamond in the rough there there must be some glimpse of something good that I can take from this whether that I look on the hospital stay in my experiences well do you know what I've now got more confident about talking about some of the painful things in my life or actually I can give you experience of what works and what doesn't work in these scenarios. I'm a voice for those 30 people who were in that ward at that time. So just realize that a lot of people get stuck in life. A lot of people get really stuck when they experience something very horrible or very painful and I'm, I'm not dismissing that at all I'm not dismissing the power of those emotions or what people have felt what I am saying is you don't need to be stuck there your whole life is not a ripple effect of that really awful experience you equally can move from it so that even it's not got the same weight on you it's not got the same fixation in your life
1: I think that's absolutely the key you can stay in a particular place So, generally, our memories are formed by emotions, good or bad. So, we remember events that brought us joy or surprise or sadness or whatever, right back down to our childhood. They need to have had an emotional response for us to really remember them. And the challenge is, it's really easy. Especially with negative things, to get stuck in that emotion. Mm. So, whether it's that um, somebody that you care about has died, or maybe a relationship's ended, yep. and you can stay in this place where you are either upset or disgruntled or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And rather than moving on from it, you then use this as a pivotal point in your life mm-hmm. where you say, Right, well, everything that happens from now is because of that. Mm. You point to this particular event, this particular activity, whatever it happens to be that's triggered mm-hmm. a big emotion. And then it's very easy to to use that as the start of your timeline yep. and your new default for how you feel about things. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, as you said, it needs to be that you feel absolutely the full suite of emotions at various moments in time. But the key is how long you stay there and Mm. what you do after the fact because I don't think you should ever put yourself in a position where if you have something that's really traumatic or maybe Mm. just not that bad overall but you kind of live in that point and you reset and say right this is now my mood this Mm. is my emotional state this is who I am Mm. as of this point that is that's where people get stuck. Mm. That's where you're then not able to progress. You can't see what's good in the world. You Mm. can't see the positivity. Instead, you carry all of the stress, the upset, the resentment and whatever Mm. else that comes into it. And then you end up not really living your life. Mm, And everything becomes, I I guess this event becomes an excuse for Mm. everything as to where you are or where you aren't.
0: Absolutely. And I think, we can totally all relate to that and even in small details of our life but how many times did you used to hear people say you know oh well my gran she never really got over this event happening or you know this friend you know the partner left her or you know she never really got over that and you think oh if only you could take away that pain for someone and allowed them then to carry on and I think it's all about actually what's helped me is realizing that as I talk about things and share my views... The thing that I experience is actually more common than you realise. They used to call it, you know, in the 70s, it was having um, a little bit of a breakdown or having a little bit of, you know, the weeps when women used to go to their beds for a couple of weeks. I know I was probably more extreme than that, but it's actually more common than we realise for people to have these little stumbling blocks. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect. We're not meant to be a superhero. You don't need to be someone who every emotion you just reflect off. So I would actually say, If you feel like you're struggling with something, let's say right now you're feeling particularly anxious about the world, what's normal going to be? You've been used to being in your house or maybe you can't wait to get out of your house, but maybe you're used to life being secluded. Are you scared now to go into the world again and do what you did before? What I would say is start to seek out people like you who have been through what you're going through, but here's the difference. I want you to actively seek out people who have overcome it who have found ways to come out into a better version of themselves and the reason I say that is that there's you know multiple stories if you want to believe anything and the the, you know not working out and not being successful there are a dime a dozen but that doesn't mean that there's not a way that you could take and latch upon and it could work for you got to believe in the possibility you know even when we're talking about medication medication might not work for some but it could be that this particular case, even short term, it's just something that you need or maybe it's taking up yoga or journaling. Fix upon something that helps somebody else get through it in a way that you feel okay with, that you believe is going to help your mind, body and spirit grow and embrace that for even a month or a couple of weeks and give it a go.
1: I think one thing to remember is no matter how bad your situation is, whether it's your upbringing or whether it's a short term event, somebody has picked themselves up from that or worse. Yes, exactly. So if you came from um, living in a quite poor um, background, there are lots of people that did that and then ended up being multimillionaires running lots of businesses. Yep. So that isn't yep. a reason that you can't do well in life. Yep. There are lots of people that have had various traumas, um, short-term breakdowns, long-term stresses, mm. and again, have, have gone on to become very successful, yep. whether it's financially or um in fulfillment in life or whatever it happens to be. There are people that are doing amazing things yep. that have come from trauma and there are also people doing amazing things that haven't. The, the ultimate thing is it doesn't and shouldn't define what you're capable of or where you can head to. Mm-hmm. It's You can find examples of whatever it is that you want to prove. You can find a friend yeah. that <laughs> had um, their partner leave them and then they never managed to find their way past that and we're always upset and disgruntled and bitter or whatever else and then if something happened to you like that Mm. you can say well you know what that's 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 what it's like that's how you live but you can also find people that found the greatest relationship of their life and thrived and live a wonderful life it's up to you as to where you want to look at for your examples of how you can be after your circumstances have existed in the past.
0: Absolutely. So I guess the summary of that point is seek hope. Seek a hand of hope somewhere. Be selective about who you're looking to because everyone deserves a belief in a positive outcome. So I'm I'm saying to you, the best thing you can do if you feel you're at those low points, actively use Google, use the internet, find someone who can give you that ray of hope and cling to it. The second thing I would say to you is, the real shift for me the past two years more than any other time in my life and this is what i actually got while i was in hospital the first week and a half i wasn't too well because well you know the medication didn't agree with me it actually made me very poorly once i was taken off the medication though I very much got absorbed in actually looking after my mind and body. I got a week, a week and a half of of basically, I didn't have to be a mum. <laughs> you know, the kids were with you. you. You weren't allowed to really bring them into hospital that mm-hmm. often other for half an hour a day. I had nothing else to do but go for walks because I was allowed out onto the parameters of the hospital by then. I was allowed out a little bit. Um, eat food, drink water and read. And so what I actually did was for that week and a half... I, I kind of got used to being me again. I felt it's I probably one of the actually the happiest times of the rebuild process because I was like, wow, I have time. As in I've look at what I've overcome. So that sense, so I suppose it's euphoric. You're like, I've got the rest of my life now to. En- I've I've got over this. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, and actually, what a gift! I, I've said to Matt many times, like the first time I got to come home in the car <laughs> for four hours. Honestly, I have never appreciated my home so much. I even getting in a car and leaving the hospital, like it's literally all those small moments that you're just like, wow. And so I would say, you know, when you are feeling low, the the very first thing you should do is almost think about, you know, who can you get that hand of hope. But what about getting back to your basics? What about ensuring you're eating well? cut out the junk okay as much as you can let's fuel your mind needs good stuff as an energy source focus on putting good stuff in your body maybe it's doubling down on your your fruit and your vegetables maybe it's cutting out the mcdonald's you need to fuel your body so that your brain can do the best thinking it can to get you out and then along with that I've talked about walking walking's incredibly good especially when you're feeling you know you need time and space for me walking is one of the habits that I've really embraced the past year I absolutely adore it Matt and I we will often go on long walks like seven kilometers five kilometers whatever but these really great things allow the peacefulness in your life to realize that a lot of the chatter in your brain is just that. It's just chatter.
1: Also, I would say that you should look at the world around you, and actually, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're finding a, a peak in your your stresses and your emotional state, look around your world and see what you can do to declutter your life and your surroundings, and maybe have just as big a reset as you can get. Mm. So you go through your your kitchen. And you go through your cupboards and throw out some of these foods that you know aren't doing you well, as you mentioned. Absolutely, yeah. But then maybe you go around your house and you just say, right, you know what, I'm going to give it a good spring clean. Mm. And I'm also going to purge as much stuff as I can. If I've not used it in two months, mm. then maybe it's got to go. Yeah. Like, yep. I think that we can all get bogged down by having lots of clutter, lots of things, lots of poor habits, and giving yourself the opportunity to as best you can have a reset mm, mm. and really get to, back to basics as to what things matter to you what things are important and try to remove as much surplus junk as you can yes yes it gives you a lot more space for your your brain to to i guess be free absolutely and, and to go with things you remove a lot of the baggage and the the clutter around the place and mm. it also does wonders to your your mental well-being
0: absolutely yeah your your physical surroundings hugely affect your internal as well so you do that declutter act and also declutter actively the things that you consume you know visually so don't look at the news if all it's full of you know doom and gloom about the world don't go on instagram if people trigger you and make you feel annoyed and you think oh i'm not good like start to actively declutter everything in your life what you're putting in your body what you're doing with your time what you're allowing near you even if it's people you need to get rid of in your life for temporary you know that pal who always wants to you know moan about life and is moaning about the maybe you need to not speak to them for a a couple of months until you just reset and get good again. Your own life, your mental state and your health and well-being is your greatest gift to yourself. So it's hugely important to do just that.
1: And that actually brings us nicely onto the third point, which is as part of that decluttering, then you really want to seek inspiration. Yes. So removing those people that maybe you follow or you've got friends with on Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media... That you feel like they trigger you in some way as far as either they don't make you feel as good as you want to. They maybe show you all their highlights and you don't feel like you measure up in comparison. Remove those people and try to find inspiration. Things that uplift you rather than someone that makes you feel bad find someone that makes you feel like you've got hope to achieve things that they can inspire you or drive you or educate you to be more the person that you want to be Mm -hmm. rather than the people that you compare yourself to and you don't measure up and it it just doesn't do you any good
0: absolutely like speak to your cheerleaders basically there's always going to be those couple of people as well that you know personally that have your back no they don't come with any baggage they don't see your faults really they just want you to succeed so that could be your mum your dad your brother your sister the long lost person that you haven't spoken to for years there's someone good that you know will say you know what I believe in you you can get through this let's do it together seek out those cheerleaders don't ask the audience you know people will always give you an opinion if you just ask anyone randomly on the internet seek out the people actively who are going to be know that you can do anything you want in a great way ahead so I really hope today has been it's, it's been a tough episode Um, but I really felt like this was important to share I really feel that there's somebody listening who's going to pick up this episode and just be like do you know what I'm at this Point where I'm tittering, and this is just giving me that hand of hope. So, I really do hope it it blesses you as you've listened to it and just say, Come on, we got this. You've got through worse, you're going to make it through just fine. And so, if you have enjoyed today's episode, we have a back catalogue of 48 other ones, would you believe? Yeah, we do. A lot of episodes, and we talk about prosperity. So, you will find everything that will allow you to have the wealth, health, happiness, money of your heart's desire. That's our goal, and to live life on your your terms. So please do subscribe. You can always get the latest episodes when they're uploaded if you hit that notification button. And why not give us a five-star review? I've heard it's a really great way to say that you enjoy the podcast a little dinkles with the stars yeah a nice
1: little bit of feedback and who (laughs) knows it might get us suggested to other people
0: absolutely that would be wonderful so thank you so much for listening today you can find us on instagram as well i'm at mama furfer matt is at matt Kempson, and you can also find us on youtube i have a youtube channel called mama furfer and we also have a family channel called the Kempson house thank you for listening we'll speak to
1: you very soon